Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kronitsa, The Well, a podcast series about Ukrainians and their interesting activities around the globe. Today is Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. Our guest for this episode is Adrian Karamazin, who is the former chief of the Voice of America Ukrainian service and also involved in various other activities. Adrian, how are you? Hello, Mike. How's it going? Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I think to start off with, we'd like to get a little bit of background on you and your family. When did your parents come from Ukraine and when? So, yes, my parents uh, were uh, World War II refugees, came to the U.S. in uh, 1949, uh, 1950. My uh, my father's side um, of the family uh, comes from the town of uh, Pomoriane in the Lviv region uh, of Ukraine. Um, my grandfather was a Ukrainian Catholic priest uh, in Pomoriane in the uh, uh, 1930s into 19, uh, early 40s, and uh, that's where my uh, my dad was born. And then on my mom's side of the family, my great grandfather actually on my mom's side uh, was also a Ukrainian Catholic priest uh, in the town of Khotanets, which is now just across the border. Uh, from Ukraine and Poland, and uh, so that there's a church there where he was a parish priest uh, that was uh, built in the early 1600s, and it's actually on the uh, UNESCO uh, World Heritage Site list. And so my mom's family hails from from there, although she was born in uh, Poland um, during the war, and so they made it to the U.S. around 1949, 1950. My mom's uh, family ended up uh, in, in Cleveland, and my dad's family also uh, had ties to Cleveland, although he spent uh, the beginning of his um, time in the U.S., uh, actually in North Dakota, part of it. Very interesting. He was in that North Dakota Ukrainian community. Right, right. Uh, it was kind of uh, uh, probably uh, might, might not have been his first uh, choice, choice assignment, perhaps, but I know he had some uh, interesting memories uh, from there. But uh, my grandfather then ended up in, uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where he uh, uh, was um, wrapped up his career as a priest, uh, spent uh, in, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and built a church there uh, in 1960, St. Josephine's. So they just celebrated their 100th uh, anniversary, I guess, of their parish not long ago. So tell us about yourself. I guess you grew up in Cleveland? That's right. So I was, I was born in uh, Cleveland, grew up in the, in the Cleveland area. So it was a pretty tight-knit uh, Ukrainian community, like many of our uh, Ukrainian communities and, you know, the big cities of the of the East and the Great Lakes area. And then uh, I eventually uh, went to, uh, got a bachelor's in history from Ohio State University and went on to do a master's in Russian and East European studies at the University of Michigan Ann Arbor. And then uh, had an internship with uh, Senator uh, Donald Regal from Michigan in, in Washington. and. The following year, uh, ended up uh, getting a job uh, with uh, the Voice of America in Washington. So I've been here in the D.C. area f- uh, since about 1987, I guess it was. 
And did you have any background at all in journalism? I didn't actually have training as a journalist. I guess at that time, it wasn't really considered a prerequisite, if you will. But I did write a master's thesis on, I think it was called Circulation Wars and Soviet Language Planning in Lithuania and Ukraine. And so it was kind of a study about media in the Soviet Union. And but but no, I kind of uh, learned learned on on the job as it was, and just you know had an interest in media issues and and uh, turned it into a career. And I understand from your memoir that you spent more than twenty five years with the Voice of America. That's right. That's right. There it was uh, about twenty seven years uh, officially as a as a you know the interesting thing about the Voice of America were both journalists and uh, government employees. So I had a twenty seven year federal federal career as a journalist. So what happened during that period of time? What were some of the highlights of your 27-year career? You know, I could almost say everything happened. It was a very, very exciting time. I mean, I came uh, uh, to the Voice of America at a time when, uh, you know, the Cold War was uh, just kind of winding down, although maybe we didn't really know that. I mean, it was an exciting time with uh, Gorbachev's glasnost and all that. And with all the uh, bubbling up of, uh, you know, U Ukrainian independence energy at that time. And then, you know, Ukraine became independent. And, and uh, so it was all so, so very exciting. But it was, it was also, I think, you know, I would characterize it as everything that Ukraine went through, you know, be it, the, you know, from independence and then, you know, the Kravchuk presidency, Kuchma, the Orange Revolution, Yanukovych, um, you know, then the Maidan. And, uh, you know, all these things were something that we had to adapt to kind of the political environment. And at the same time, we were adapting to the, uh, you know, media environment, if you, if you will. Um, you know, there were a lot of technological changes. When I came to Voice of America, we were broadcasting on shortwave, which uh, was, uh, you know, being blocked, uh, you know, jammed by the Soviet authorities. And then Ukraine, Ukraine becomes independent. And we signed a contract with the Ukrainian government and, on, and we're broadcasting our shows on AM. Then we started doing uh, television and, and um, first a weekly show, then eventually uh, a daily television show and then in the internet and then social media. So it was a constant, you know, uh, situation of adaptation to the market, to the political realities, uh, a lot of exciting uh, events, uh, you know, uh, history changing events, if you will. And at the same time, we ourselves had to think about making sure we had, uh, you know, more, we were being relevant um, in terms of the programming we were doing for Ukraine. So we had to keep doing, figure out ways, how do we do more and more about, about what's going on in Ukraine, but being you know on this side of the Atlantic. And so it was very important for us to recruit uh, journalists from Ukraine and to grow our service. Cause you know, for 50 years, there'd been no, no immigration basically and no contact with Ukraine. So it was a, it was a matter of, you know, it was all about telling America's story you know, through journalism, um, but, you know, focusing on doing a great job in terms of providing news for our audience, in terms of covering U.S. foreign policy, particularly U.S.-Ukraine relations, and talking about, you know, American life and the life of the diaspora and what kind of, um, you know, food for thought we could give uh, to our audience about how they might want to, uh, you know, build their society, their democratic uh, market-oriented society. Did you get any 
or much feedback from your Ukrainian audience? That was very important to us. And I know when I, uh, you know, I think when I think back on my career, obviously I'm, I'm, you know, very proud. And, you know, when I was the deputy director or the, you know, the director of the service and you think about all the, you know, the Orange Revolution and the Maidan and everything we went through and how we, you know, organize ourselves to respond to those challenges. But, you know, I'm kind of looking back through my notes and my experiences in the 1990s. And, you know, we did focus groups even through the 90s and 2000s uh, uh, with our audience. And, and you, you could, you know, there was a sense and we understood that they wanted to hear uh, more about what we thought what was going on in Ukraine and more about U.S.-Ukraine relations and the diaspora. So we really had to keep, you know, ramping up our, our relevance uh, in terms of doing stories that would be, uh, you know, interesting for Ukraine. And I, I think, you know, our audience surveys showed that, uh, you know, at the height of Maidan, we had something like uh, an 18% weekly audience reach. So that meant like nearly one in five people said that, oh, yeah, I watched something on Voice of America, uh, you know, this past week. So that was considered pretty good. And, and we're quite we're quite pleased with that. And did you have much, if any, opportunity to travel to Ukraine while you worked for Voice of America? You know, I, I, after a while, I lost count. Uh, but I, I think by now, I've, I must have traveled to Ukraine about 50 times since, you know, since uh, my first trip in 1989. Not all of those were official trips, but, um, you know, uh, in the 90s, I had three major reporting trips. Uh, you know, those are exciting times interviewing people like, you know, the mayor of Kharkiv or, you know, one, one of the stories I remember from the early uh, 90s was it was the I guess in 93, my reporting assignment, it was the first time that all the Ukrainian diplomats had come back uh, to kind of talk about their first year. Uh, you know, this was the first time Ukraine had embassies around the world. And, uh, and uh, you know, so they're what they were reporting back about their, their work first, you know, how, Ukraine basically making it splash on the international scene. So no, I've had the privilege of traveling to Ukraine many, many times and, uh, you know, not just Kyiv, but, uh, you know, other cities like uh, Kharkiv and Dnipro and Odessa as well. I know that you worked for a period of time after the Voice of America with the U.S.-Ukraine Foundation in Washington, D.C. What did you do for them? So, yeah, at the U.S.-Ukraine uh, Foundation, uh, I worked uh, mostly on the, their uh, communications efforts with the newsletter and the website, you know, writing articles, covering stories, that type of thing. Also, we hosted uh, some delegations uh, from the Open World Program. That was very uh, interesting. These, this is a program uh, of the Library of Congress uh, that brings over young professionals from Ukraine uh, to spend uh, about 10 days in the U.S. to meet with their professional counterparts and also to spend some time with American host families. Uh, so we had uh, hosted delegations in journalism, in uh, public diplomacy, uh, corporate social responsibility. So uh, that was uh, you know, very interesting and a lot of fun to, to uh, meet with young professionals and, uh, from Ukraine and, and host them here. Also worked on something called the uh, Friends of Ukraine Network. And we uh, worked up annual recommendations for uh, US assistance to Ukraine. So uh, that, that was uh, all very exciting and uh, a great kind of uh, follow-up to my career at Voice of America. Adrian, unfortunately, we're almost out of time. I'd like to... 
catch up with you on where you are today. So, so what are you doing these days? So I'm also involved in some nowadays in something called the Transatlantic Task Force uh, on Ukraine. That's uh, something that's done by the German Marshall Fund in cooperation with the re- reanimation package of reforms. Uh, in Ukraine. Uh, So we work on trying to promote reforms in Ukraine. And also, I was notified a few months back that I was selected to be a a participant in the uh, Fulbright program, a U.S. uh, scholar Fulbright program. And so I'll be traveling to Ukraine to teach at the uh, Kiev National University uh, in their Institute of Journalism. I'll be teaching a course on the uh, U.S. 2020 elections and and their aftermath, and so kind of a a course, kind of a U.S. politics 101 for journalists, if you will. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us today on Krenitsia. Mike, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. I have been speaking with Adrian Karamazin, the former chief of the Voice of America Ukrainian Service, who these days is heading as a Fulbright scholar to teach in Ukraine uh, during the summer of 2021. And this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Krenitsya, The Well, a podcast series about interesting Ukrainians and their activities around the globe. Until next time, that's all for now.